everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly Yo Show. This is part two of a two-part interview with Sandy Missouri. We're talking about getting self-published on Amazon, everything you need to know, but you are definitely going to want to listen to part one before you continue on to this episode. In my book, there's, I think, maybe nine interviews with clients of mine talking about how they did it. And you know, another thing also is, you know, I get this question all the time from my clients. Well, how many pages should it be? Mm. You know, and, and here's the thing. What I always say is this. I mean, ideally, you want to keep it under 200 pages unless there's really a good reason for it to be longer. Um, probably, you know, you want it to be once it's in a six by nine format, at least 120 pages. Um, although, you know, you can have line pages for notes. There's a lot of ways to stretch it if you don't have that much. The reason that you want it to be at least 120 pages in a six by nine is so that you can print on the spine, right? Your, the title of the book and your name on the spine. Otherwise, it's mm. a booklet and it's going to get lost. But So that's about 70 or 80 pages in Word, right? So it doesn't have to be that big. And you don't want it too big because then it's very cumbersome to carry around and for people to read, right? You want it consumable. Mm. So, you know, that's a place that people like really get in their own way too, is that they're really, they're really so worried about, oh, I, you know, how many pages, how many words? And my response is just start getting the information out, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, I, I like to say that writing is, uh, I, I can't say that I came up with it, but writing is, you know, 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration, right? Worrying about page count, worrying about grammar, all of those things come into about 90% editing after the fact, right? First mm-hmm. of all, let's, let's get into flow. Let's get, get it out of your head, right? The creative process. Hmm. And, you know, so, um, for a lot of my clients, you know, a good way to start is write down, write down the questions that you get asked all the time. You know, you get asked the same questions over and over and over again about what you do, write those down. And next, write down the questions that, and this is actually how I wrote my first book. Next, write down the questions that you wish people would ask you, but they never do. Hmm. Right. So, so for example, um, you know, uh, in, in my first book, the question that I wish people would ask is, 
should I do things differently depending on the weather with balloons, right? Nobody thinks to ask that. Well, in this case, the answer is yes, because dark colors pop, you know, in the sun. Hmm. So, so but, but people don't think to answer, ask that because they don't know that there's a difference. So it's the same thing with, with fitness or whatever, right? What questions do you really want people to ask? And so then you can write those down. And then you can just take your phone and you can either do it as a video recording, which then you could then repurpose that as a, a YouTube video or something like that and record your answer. Hmm. You can transcribe the answer. And then, and then you're not home free because we talk differently than we write. So you still have to go through it to find where you left out information or where you suddenly went off on a tangent and, you know, didn't come back to, to finish your thought. And that's where you're going to write, right? Is, is, mm. is through the holes in the information there. So there's another easy way to do it for people who are intimidated by the blank page. I really like that. Um, and it, it's such, I think for many people, that's a better way to start because I do, I think that particularly if you're a new author, um, and so many people are like, I'm not an author. Well, if you're, if you're sitting down and you decide I've got these ideas, I've been wanting to write a book forever. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I think that if I sat down in front of a, in front of a blank page, I'd go, uh, and truthfully, again, not that I, and, and this is why this, this episode is just as educational for me because even though I had this group book deal back in the past. And then what I did is I took my contribution to that book and then I wrote my own book, which was on social media for business. Now this was 10 years ago. And mm -hmm. so all this time I've had it written and I had a lot of um, fantastic collaborators or people that I interviewed at the back of the book, you know, with their best tips. And, and I always thought, you know, it'd be really cool to, to take this book and publish it now in updated version and go, hey, this is really cool because you're reading this book that I wrote in 2010 and it's now updated for 2020. Mm -hmm. And let's see what what's state what's changed, what stayed the same. And then how are these people like, I mean, Gary Vee was one of them, Shalene Johnson. There were so many thought leaders that yeah. I interviewed. And so I really, you know, think I'm I'm gonna go for it. But back then, what helped me is and I don't know if you would agree, but I don't, it's like, I don't work well in, in order. So for me, I just would get a burst of energy and go, okay, I'm going to write about, I want to write about Twitter because I was so used to Twitter, but Twitter wasn't chapter one. Chapter one was going to be my intro. And, and I ended up doing the intro last because I couldn't articulate my story. So in, you know, for, mm -hmm. for you, I just saying it that way, like record the video, it doesn't have to be in order and then make your book out of that content. That's so much more. I think there's a lot of people out there who are so much more adept and familiar with Instagram video, Facebook video, and so on. So that's a great idea. And then that very content can be stuff that you can link to and drive people back to buy your book or download your book, et cetera. Um, great mm -hmm. idea. Yeah, exactly. Okay, wow, that, so, that book of yours must be fascinating now. Like, like time tested. Here's what they they said ten years ago, and let's see if it worked. I'm gonna. I'm so gonna do it. Yeah. Among other things, and I, I'm actually gonna take. And I, you know, this is just to share because, um, you know, my course. I made my course, and as I was putting it together and writing down, you know, for my sales page, and I was saying, hey, here's the modules. I'm like, this is a book. Why am I not making the opposite of nice isn't nasty a book? Because mm -hmm. maybe some people don't want to watch my 30 video modules and I'm actually making that into a, 
more interactive program. So maybe that's what I do. It's like buy the book, level up if you want to do the program and watch it all on video, and then level up if you want you know, coaching and, and, yeah. and see people like, this is how, when you start to really view your expertise and what you, what you can bring to the table and, and provide how you can provide value to other people's lives. That's when you'll start to see all these different ways of, you know, building on it and not just, I, I don't want to say limiting yourself with a book, but a book can be such a starting point and, and just part of, a big, a bigger cycle. Like with you, you've got your YouTube channel, you've got your balloon business, you've got your book business, you've got your website and all of those things feed one another. Is that accurate? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, here's another thing is if you, there's a book that I was um, playing with. Yeah. And I, I still want to write it. Now is not the time for it because it would require me going to restaurants, um, which obviously we can't do at the moment. <laughs> But Can't, we all I, cannot wait to be able to go to restaurants again. <laughs> I, I know. So, but I wanted to write a book on sushi. Uh, I'm a sushi snob. It's my favorite yes. food. Yes. And so I wanted to write a book about sushi. Well, I'm not an expert on sushi. I love eating it. I can tell you what my favorites are. I don't know anything about the history of it. I don't know anything about, you know, anything else about sushi. So where do I start to write this book? One, I have questions. What are my questions? So I write yep. down my questions. Then I find out the answers, right? It's just, just like you're back in high school or college and you're doing a research paper. What are your questions? Then go find the answers. And so my, my dad is a, a lifelong journalist. Um, so this is, you know, being in this industry, I guess, is kind of not such a strange thing for me. I guess it's kind of coming full circle to my childhood roots, if you will. But, um, but that's what he would tell me is, you know, figure out your, the first thing that you do is you figure out your questions and then you find the answers. Mm. So in the process of figuring out your questions and finding your answers, you become an expert because you're doing the research because you're looking, you know, and so there again, going back to your confidence question and, and also kind of as we're talking about different ways to build a book. So, so maybe as a fitness expert, you want to talk about something that is very interesting to you or something that you're personally doing but you, but you don't have, um, you know, volumes to say on it yet. Well, there you go. Now, now you're going to do a research book. Now you're going to interview other people. You're going to go and read other books and be able to um, quote passages from them with and proper you know, accreditation, is, of course. That kind of reinforces what you said before, which is, you know, you were writing your book going, I'm going to answer the questions. People don't know what to ask. And if you are curious about sushi you know, there's a mm -hmm. lot of other people like, you know, I, I have heard different things when I've watched certain shows about sushi, like, you know, very th th like that one, one show was talking about how in Japanese, and I have no idea if this is true, but this, these are the types of things that could be in your book. So I'm giving you some material here. Yeah. We're talking about like the ginger some are some of them are like no you're not supposed to eat the ginger some people say oh it's for cleansing the palate some people say you you dip the ginger in the soy sauce and you 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 rub it across the top of the sushi and that's how you do it there's all these different practices and then some people would say oh well you'll offend you know japanese culture if you do this or that or you're never supposed to use a fork or you know this is how you use two you know chopsticks there could be all that could be a great coffee table book no, yeah, you know, I didn't even I didn't even think about any of those things with the ginger. Although I I will say, uh, to tangent while we're talking about sushi, I, I used to live in Japan, 
in my oh, youth really? and um in my yeah when I was in my 20s I lived in Japan and um I'm left-handed and the Japanese people thought that it was the funniest thing in the world that I would eat using chopsticks with my left hand they could not get their heads around that and so they and so they laughed at me I mean I, I can't do it with my right hand I didn't have any other options I wouldn't have changed anyway probably you know, so I laughed with them. I, I mean, big deal. So what? You know, right. <laughs> like, if you can't laugh at yourself, then yeah. you've got a real problem in life. But that's interesting. I had never heard some of those other things about ginger. So now you've given me another avenue to research as well. Oh yeah. Um, like, I mean, and, and how, um, you know, how to, how to order, you know, like some of them, I just remember, you know, feeling so intimidated. Um, and, and now like when my man and I go, we'll always ask the server, like, what are your favorite? We tell them we like spicy. We want to avoid fried. She can't have, you know, like me, I had a food reactivity test. So there's certain ingredients I have to avoid. And yeah. we just tell them and then they'll come out and we, we've learned to try new things. But I just, I knew that there were certain way. And maybe I think there was one, there was one episode on billions. I don't know if you've ever watched that show, uh-uh. but they were in this um, really high end sushi place and certain guys were eating certain, you know, these sales guys, they were eating sushi a certain way. And this guy who was a purist, he was like, you're not allowed to do that. You're not supposed to put your wasabi in the soy sauce. It's, blah, blah, blah. it's sacrilegious. And yeah, I mean, I would just love to, I mean, people love that kind of stuff. And that's, that's brilliant because if, if you're curious about it and you're not finding the answer, that's a book, that's a website, that's a, you know. Or even if you are finding the answer because, you know, you had to go out and figure it out and now you mm-hmm. can spin it to, to give the information in, in your way and, and, you know, how it, how you used it, what it, what, it, you know, what it meant to you, whatever. I mean, so, um. I mean, there's whole, back to YouTube too, you know, I mean, there are, there are people who have, and it's not like this is their, their whole business, but so many of them, like I'm, I just pulled up a page on Amazon and one of the books that came up was, you know, Marie Kondo's book. Now that's traditional Mm -hmm. publishing, but there are people who are like, will go out and create a whole blog or YouTube series on, I applied Marie Kondo's blah, blah, blah for a year. Yeah. Here's what happened. Yeah. You know? Or yeah. I did, you know, people will do it with other things like a beach body workout. I did this beach body workout for 60 days and here's what happened. Like mm-hmm. that's people want real people's takes. So I, I love that. That's this. Right. Is awesome. So, I mean, that could be, that could be an interesting book right there. Like I tried five different popular plans and here was what, here was what happened. Here's what I found. And here's what happened to friends who tried them also. Mm. So good. I, okay. I have, um, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. lots and, and we, lots of, we're going to get into some tactical questions now about publishing and, and all of that. Cause you've answered. So I knew this was going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> and, and you're just the gift that keeps on giving in this area and I love it. And everyone's going to, everyone is going to read your book. Um, and every, I, I feel like we're going to have just a burst of, Publish, self-published authors, myself included, coming out of this podcast. Awesome. Well, so and, and if I can just kind of interject my, oh, my yes. little self-promo for a second. What I do is I'm a full-service company. Um, I, I, I help people uh, self-publish. I push the buttons for them. All the things that are technical or can be overwhelming, I take care of it all, give them the easy button, and I can drive it to Amazon bestseller for you. So there's my commercial. Now we can get back to your question. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> but, that's awesome yeah. though. So that's what I actually do, which is why, I mean, I you know, I, I'm, I'm absolutely happy to, to tell all the steps so people can do it themselves or, um, 
you know, I'm available for hire as well to help. So that's freaking awesome. And I, I loved hearing you say that because, you know, again, I'm all about women, you know, owning what you do and, yeah. and, and being able to say that not going, well, you know, I'm kind of good at this. And, you know, I mean, I'm, yeah, I've gotten some people on the bestseller list. I mean, it's not that you, big you, deal. Can, can I tell you something funny actually in that vein? Yes. So, so I, um, I started doing books for other people as my, I'm going to call it professional hobby. And I'm using little air quotes that you can't see me using, but <laughs> my professional hobby, because it started that I wrote my book and then people started asking me to help them with those. Right. So it kind of happened organically that I started doing this for other people. And, and actually the first book was by a cancer doctor. So I've done a lot of fitness and medical books because, um, mostly my clients have come in by referral. Right. So one mm-hmm. person passed my name to another. In spite of that, right? So I had helped over a hundred people publish their books, but I had not written a book about writing books. So in spite of having this huge um, experience, expertise and experience of having helped other people, I felt insecure that I wasn't enough of an expert because I hadn't written a book about it. So back to, you know, back to the whole idea of confidence and a book giving confidence. Okay. And once that and no, I'm not. And once I had written Book It, I felt so much more secure that now I could claim my expertise, even though, you know, the hundreds, the hundred of, yeah. you know, plus books that I had published before that, you know. Sometimes, you know, I mean, the, those moments when I know what it was for me. I mean, there's, there's different things at different phases in every woman's life that are going to maybe completely all of a sudden shift your perspective where you see yourself differently. And I, I, for me, I I've referenced this several different times in several different podcasts. You know, it was when Eleanor Beaton interviewed me on her podcast and, um, I'd been interviewed on other shows or in magazines or whatever, but it was when she interviewed me on her podcast and she was promoting the show and the way that she described me, I remember seeing that going like, like, I had this moment where I stepped outside of myself. I'm like, wow, that woman's a badass. I'm like, wait a minute, that woman she's talking about is me. And I, for the first, it was literally the first time. And it was like seven years into my first, you know, successful. And I'd never even described myself that way. She said, you know, Kelly Alexa left corporate America, started a company with nothing and built it to a profitable seven figure business. The first ever fitness influencer network, you know, of its kind. And I was like, damn. Did I do yeah. that? And I never, ever, ever until then had I ever even remotely patted my own back or, and it was, it was that that made me suddenly start to see myself differently, suddenly have different um, conversations and dialogue with my clients. Um, it colored in a better way the way that I sold, you know, when I was talking to people and and they would go, Oh, you know, your rates are kind of high. I'm like, look, let me tell you something. I've done 700 successful, um, blogger campaigns with some of the biggest brands in the space. Do you think that I know what I'm doing? I know what Mm -hmm. I'm doing and here's my rate. And, and it was completely different. So I love, I love that. And, you know, for everybody listening, you know, your confidence will come and, and doing the work is what's going to start getting you there. Um, and, and the more that you can also do the work and start, you know, like, like you did. I, I mean, I think even the very act that you, Sandy, were working for other people. I mean, I think all of us to some degree have to do that where we, we do some comp work because we get the experience, we get the testimonials, we get, we get that, that confidence to be able to say, you know what, I've done this six times, I've done this 10 times. And then all of those things combined, doing it, accomplishing it, having people give you a high five, then 
all of that feeds into the, the confidence. So I love, love, love it. Um, here's one of my first questions, and this might be mm-hmm. out of order, but when I'm thinking of, you know, publishing, and you mentioned before, you know, how many pages a book should have, and, mm-hmm. and you mentioned the, the size. Was there, so first, before I ask you my question, what was that size that you mentioned? Because you said 120 pages, under 200 pages, but you, did you say six by nine something? Six by nine, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the standard trade size for paperbacks at the moment. So when you, when you self-publish a book, do you choose the size of your book? Mm-hmm. People, people get to choose. So they, so in other words, if you're, if you were doing this on your own and, and they weren't, somebody were not to hire you, um, mm-hmm. you're going to get to a place where they're going to go, what size do you want your book to be? And you could make it two by three. <laughs> well, How many different sizes are there? There's, there's, I mean, there's a ton of different sizes, but you would definitely, if you're self-publishing through Amazon, which is what I would recommend because they're the 10,000 pound gorilla and they're right. the easiest. Um, you know, I, I don't remember how many different sizes they would allow you to choose. Um, but you're going to have your book formatted to that size. They're not formatting it for you. So you need to submit a PDF that's already, you know, formatted correctly. Okay. Um, and then my so, next question, but, but six by nine, six by nine is, I would say probably 85, 90% of, of books are in that six by nine size. And unless there's a really good reason to do it in a different size, I would recommend keeping to that size. Um, it's going to line up better on people's bookshelves, which means that you're going to, you know, not like I have books that are different sizes. They kind of get shuffled off to the side because I can't fit them nicely onto the bookshelf to, you know, have a consistency in size to be able to use the space above it to put more stuff, you know? No, that so, makes sense. That makes so sense. So the odd size things might get shuffled off somewhere where they might kind of get lost or something. So, you know, unless you have a really good reason, like I want it to be a coffee table book or I really want it to be an itty bitty pocket book or, you know, something like that, don't reinvent the wheel on the sizing. Okay. No, that's a really, really good answer. So this is, this might be a weird question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because as I would say, there's no dumb question. So yeah. Um, what you know, there's, there's an e there's eBooks that people have on their website. Right. And so here's my question for you. So, you know, say let's, let's take me, for example, let's use me as an example. We, I've got my course and I've been thinking, and I do, I want to make it into a book. Mm -hmm. Um, I could make it into a quote unquote ebook Mm -hmm. on my website. And I would assume that people that would, would buy that if I sold it or whatever, would be reading it digitally. They would be reading it online. They're, no one's going to print up a 200-page book. Am I right? Like, no one's going to hand print. Not necessarily. I mean, I, I'm old school. I'm 47, and I like paper better than, than screens. Me too. So, I, I mean, I, if, if there was something that I was interested in and it was only available in a digital format, I am the type that would take it to the printer and print it for myself. But most people are right. Most people won't. Okay. And, and I think what I was really thinking of was, you know, one of the nice things about in that manner, you know, and I've bought, I think what I bought most of with eBooks are a lot of uh, fitness trainers who have workout programs. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's like, oh, print month one, you know, cause you're going to do month one of workouts and then you can print month two or whatever. Um, and you don't really need it to be in color. Um, but, you know, that, that was the question there. But then some of those eBooks that are shorter, 
you know, what's nice about them is you can click through to something. So, so, so people will say, you know, I'm, I'm reading this book and they'll go, oh, you know, here's this source or you can click right through it where when something is a printed book, you can't do that. So here, my question is, are there any advantages to having like, an, and, and when you're publishing and when you're publishing on Amazon, do you get to say, I want, is it automatic that you can publish it so people can buy a, probably a paperback? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Do you get to say, I want hardcover paperback or is it automatically if you're self-publishing, publishing, is it always going to be paperback? Then what's the deal with Kindle and audio versions? Okay, so nothing is automatic. Everything is what you upload. Okay. Right? So if you, and, and definitely I would recommend uploading it in every possible format, right? So because people, people's learning modalities are different. The way that people like to consume information is different. Me personally, I would rather read than watch any day, right? So, mm-hmm. so if there's like a news story that has a video and then a write-up, I'm going to read the write-up and not open the video. That's me right? I'm a paper girl. I'm a words girl. I think in words, not in images. Mm. Um, other people want to be able to have access to it right on their phone. They, they prefer to read Kindle on their phone. They have it with them everywhere they go. And other people are more uh, auditory. They prefer to hear it. Mm. So to, to do your book in every format is what I would advise. Um, audible is a little bit more of a challenge, obviously than than doing the print or the digital versions um because audio you have to have you know properly proper audio files to, and and they're very specific about how they want those files um processed and uploaded um so it's a little bit trickier but not impossible it's still self-publishing and hmm. so whatever modality you want if it's important to you that your book is in hardback you can format it and print it and have it printed and published in hardback um, for most people, in my opinion, paperback is more important. More people are going to buy a paperback than a hardback. But for some people, for whatever reason, it's just really important to them to have a hardback. So, so yeah, it's, it's all, um, it's all possible and it's all, I think, um, good to have right now, certain things aren't going to lend themselves to audio so much, right? For example, my balloon recipe books, mm-hmm, which yeah. are step-by-step 500 pictures. Um, it doesn't translate into just audio. If you can't see it, it's not going to do any good, you know? Right. right. So, so, you know, obviously you have to know what your, what your subject is and if it makes sense to do it on audio or not. But in terms of the difference between, you know, to have a Kindle and a paperback, absolutely have both. In the Kindle, you can have full color. You can have live links that can be clicked on. Um, in the paperback, obviously, you probably won't have full color because it's kind of cost prohibitive. You probably have grayscale, black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, those links can't be clicked on because it's paper. Um, right. But, uh, but, you but know. But that's also what people expect. I mean, there's so many it, books exactly. now that if you're, if you're savvy, you're going to say, hey, if you're reading this, go to, you know, blah, blah, blah book, you know, and you have your landing page and, and you know, yes, for any of you exactly. that have questions on doing that kind of stuff, um, I can link to, you know, some other resources that I use for creating landing pages and stuff like that. Um, yes. So, okay. 
Um, we're of course getting to our time window, so I've got to watch it. And I knew that we would go an hour. Yeah, I knew we would. I knew. I had a feeling. <laughs> highly, highly informative, and everybody is going to love this episode. I'm so excited. There's, there's another point that I that I want to make that um, something else that you had said made me think of it, and then I I didn't get to it. So I just want to say this real quick. Uh, when we were talking about objections and why people don't do it or things like that, another one that I've heard we were talking about oh, but somebody's already written on this title uh, on this topic. Another one that I've heard is oh, but that title is out there. Book titles cannot be copyrighted. Hmm. So you can have the same title as many times as you want in as, in as many different topics or whatever. If it is a series and it is the, the title of the series, not just a single book title, then you can copyright the series title, right? So for example, um, my balloon book is the DIY Balloon Bible. I didn't, I didn't copyright it, but I could have copyrighted the DIY Balloon Bible series and then, for example, the, fir- the first book that is the um, For All Seasons, mm. right? DIY Balloon Bible For All Seasons, that part's not copyrightable. But, if I, had co- but I could have trademarked the overarching series title. Hmm. That's so that's why, that's why you'll, if you look, you'll see that there's a lot of books that are seven habits, you know, what, what, uh, think and grow rich, think and grow this. And they're not affiliated because it wasn't, it wasn't trademarked. It, you couldn't copyright or trademark that book title. I had no idea. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a great opportunity too. Plus what you said earlier about the book size. Um, fascinating. I would not have thought about that. Um, so, okay. As, as we're closing up, um, I want to start asking at least a couple of the things maybe that I, I haven't that we can, and then maybe we'll potentially have you back on the show as like part two, maybe more specific, even though we've gotten, we've gotten so much in here, which is awesome. Um, so when, when people go and, and they self-publish and, and say they've, they've gone this route, they've self-published, they've got, you know, an audio version, a Kindle version, a paperback version. At that point, it's then, in other words, like, it's not up to Amazon if you're going the Amazon route for them to market your book. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's up to you, yeah. but... You know, what it, is there a flat percentage of, you know, and, and how do you choose how to price your book? Okay. So, um, how Loaded to price question, your book. I'm sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, well, so how to price your book, um, on the paperback, most books are priced between 1295 to 1995. I think that, um, it's, it's a much harder sell over $20. Yeah. People just, you know, under $20 people are like, oh, yeah, what the hell, you know, throw some cash at it. Why not? Where you fall in that spectrum is a personal choice. Most of my clients are probably between sixteen ninety five to nineteen ninety five on their paperbacks. Okay. Um, Amazon will tell you what your royalty is according to the sales price. Okay. So there's kind of a wizard that you can play with to see. You know, I think I might get six dollars or six to eight dollars in royalties on some of my books okay. from Amazon. And then, and then also you might want to think about well, what is the purpose like. Do you want, is your goal that you just want to get this book into as many hands as possible? Then you might want to put it at the lowest price that you possibly can if you're not looking to make money on it, right? You're trying to spread a message, for example. So if Amazon tells you your minimum sales price is $8.95 and you have zero royalty if you sell it for $8.95, but you just really want to make it accessible, you might do that, Hmm. you know? Or you might put it, um, uh, you know, you might keep your Kindle at 99 cents. Uh, Kindle versions, most people tend to price between $2.99 and $9.99. Um, again, there too, it's, it's kind of what is your purpose with it? Mm. You know, are, are you trying to make money? Are you trying to spread a message? Are you, just, you know, what is it that you want? And then, and then something 
that I wanted to say when you were talking about having an ebook on your website. Um, whether you're whether you're selling your ebook or giving your ebook away, how much more compelling is it to you know to somebody like if you say, oh, here, download a copy of my ebook. It's like, nah, okay. Versus download a copy of my best selling book free. Very true. Right? I mean, there's a huge difference in the perceived value of those two offers. Mm. Absolutely. And you're saying that you, I mean, part of what you mentioned with your service is that you you get your clients to be bestsellers. So yeah. I would think that would be so hard to do, but you're saying it's very doable, essentially. It's, it's definitely doable. All of, all of my clients um, have become international bestsellers on Amazon. And I'm not going to go into how-tos because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but it, you know, it's, it's definitely doable. And I also want to be very clear that doing the bestseller drive is another leverage tool, right? It's not that it's not that you make it a bestseller and now you're a millionaire. It's that you make it a bestseller and now you have the title of bestseller to help you promote it to leverage for the next step. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think people, if you really do some some education for yourself about whether you were to go traditional book publishing route or this, it really, it, it, it is just that. It is a wonderful tool. Um, it's absolutely authority building, credibility building. Um, it opens a lot of doors. Um, and it's, it's also like so many things, it's not without work. Um, and, right. and if you're looking for a get rich quick, if you're looking for an easy slam dunk where you just put something out and it's just like you said, I love that you said that at the beginning of the show, it's not, if you build it, they will come. It's not like put a book out and just assume you, you can't start a blog today and have, you know, 10,000 downloads or 10,000 views in a week. It doesn't work that way. It, it, it's accumulative and, and that keeps going the longer that you're consistent. Um, so this is probably a good time. I mean, we've gone through so much stuff, but also this is, like you said, um, a lot of what the next steps are once you're you're published are what you do with, with helping your clients. And I think that sounds like it's a fantastic service, obviously. Um, and this has been incredibly informative. But why don't you tell people in closing a little bit, wrap up and give us your you know, what you do with your service, with your experience, you've, you've developed a service for people who want to self-publish and become best-selling authors. Mm-hmm. Um, tell people about your service, where they can find out more about it and where they can find you online. Okay. So basically my window is um, anything from getting the idea out of your head and onto paper through the Amazon bestseller side, right? So that's kind of my little slice of the pie. Any part therein, right? I mean, if you if you have your book and you don't need help writing it, but maybe you need editing, I have editors. Maybe you need formatting. I have formatters. So anything within that window, my team can do. Um, and then we, the Amazon bestseller drive is kind of where we end, right? So we're not doing continued marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting you to bestseller. And, and then you would need to either take over the marketing or, or then take that bestseller status to your marketing team. So I just want to be really clear about right. what I am and what okay. I'm not. So, so yeah, basically anything that has to do with writing and, and, and self-publishing your book, that's, that's my window. And that's what, um, I, I feel very strongly that you should not work with, that you should not have a ghostwriter. And I want to define what I'm using, what I mean when I say the word ghostwriter, because the way that I define it might not be the way that somebody else defines it. 
But to me, it's really important that a book is in the author's voice. Mm. And there are some ghostwriters that are so incredibly skilled and work so closely with their client that it does sound like it's in their voice. Um, but most of them are probably not going to capture your voice like that. Yeah. So it's really better that you capture your voice and then work with a really good editor, you know, to smooth it out rather than a ghostwriter. But there are people that maybe they use the word ghostwriter when what they really mean is somebody who's interviewing them and pulling it out of them. Yeah. And then, and then basically editing their words so that, so that their voice is maintained. Whereas a ghostwriter, you know, you could say, Hey, here's my topic. Now go write, you know, a hundred pages on it. And they're yeah. going to come back to it. Now, here's the thing. If you're going on TV and you have a book that was written by a ghostwriter and they ask you what you meant in chapter five when you said whatever, <laughs> you damn well better know the answer. You know? <laughs> and so that's why I'm really, really against most ghostwriting. If it's that kind of, I'm just handing it off to you and slapping my name on it, ghostwriting. Exactly. Right. Totally if on the sense. other hand, if on the other hand, it's a collaborative writing effort, that's what I do with my clients. I interview them. I pull their story out of them. We have it transcribed. I have an editor go through it and find where the holes in the story is. And then we go back to the author and we say, okay, you need to fix, you know, right here, you don't have enough information. So let's, let's go deeper into this part here. Um, you know, uh, you repeat it this here. So we're going to combine that. We're going to reorganize it over here. That's right. That's what comes in mm-hmm. into the, the deep editing process. Um, and the collaborative effort. So some people, when they say, oh, I'm working with a ghostwriter, what they really mean is that they're doing this kind of collaborative process. But for lack of a better word, they're using the word ghostwriter. Yeah. Other people, when they say, oh, I have a ghostwriter, what they really mean is I paid somebody, I gave them money, and they slapped my name on something that was already, either that they went out and researched and wrote, or, you know, licensed content that was already written. Hmm. Good points. Um, so because and, that's, that's just my personal opinion on that, you know, there, no, I like it. There, there are others who, who think, you know, ghostwriter is, 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 is fine. And Hey, why not? You know, <laughs> multitasking. It's, you know, I just kind of think like, deal. what's the point? I mean, it, you know, if you don't, if you, if you're going to outsource, then you're not really, to me, this is just my opinion, you know, then you're not really passionate about something because if you were passionate and you had um, a calling and then you would want to do it, you wouldn't want to outsource that. If you're just telling somebody, go research it and I'll put my name on it. Like what is really, what's the point? No one's going to, in my opinion, no one would really be interested in that because again, people buy people. That's, that's right. why. I, I completely agree, but, um, but that practice is more prevalent than you would think. So Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, did you give us your website? I did not. Oh, okay. shame on me. It is expert book for you. And it, so it's E X P E R T B O O K, the number four and the letter U.com. So it, it's a singular expert, a singular book, and then the abbreviated number four and letter U. <laughs> dot Perfect. Com. I will make sure that we link that up, of course, Thank you. in the show. Thank you. And, and as I mentioned, my book is my book book it is available for free download off my website. My best selling book book it, no less. Yeah, girl. Available for, <laughs> that's right. Is available for free download off of my website. Um, or of course, if you'd rather purchase it on Amazon, you're absolutely welcome to. I've already got it um, in my Kindle, so I'll be. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> oh, you know it, and I will. Um, I will 
share it out on social media and we will get this of course on the show notes. But Sandy, this was so tremendously helpful. Um, I personally learned a lot. You've certainly motivated me to get my stuff together and get my first book updated and yeah, do, uh, do my, um, get my course turned into a book because I, I just think that's a no-brainer. Um, and I know that you will. This is going to be very timely considering the coronavirus quarantine world we're in. Um, perfect for our business series. So I really, really, really appreciate your time. Um, and again, for everybody listening, we will link up everything that we have talked about or referenced in the show notes that will be live at thekellyoshow.com. You know how to get there. Um, if you have any questions for Sandy, if you're looking to hire her, connect with her directly. Um, if you have questions for me for the future, you know, if you want to nominate yourself or somebody you know that I interview on the show, you can use the contact me form on kellyalexa.com. You can also use that to inquire about advertising opportunities on the show uh, or sponsorships uh, or media opportunities and just working with myself and the Kelly O Show, uh, all of our social platforms and so on and so forth. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Sandy, for being a guest today. We'll definitely want to have you back and everybody listening have a great rest of the week stay healthy stay home for the time being stay safe and we'll see you next time on the kelly o show hey everybody this marks the end of this two-part interview with sandy missouri i hope you enjoyed it are you not fired up to just go get yourself self-published now I was. And truth is, you're going to see, um, you'll probably see me promoting it on the Kelly O Show channels, as well as my own blog. But I'm going to make sure I get my original book published, as well as turning my course into a book. And I also have another book that I wrote. So I'm all over it. And this interview, this is the cool thing about being a podcaster. You get to learn right along with your audience. So I was thrilled to have her on the show. And this was hugely helpful for me. And I'm guessing a whole bunch of you are going to be self-published authors after this. So I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely connect with Sandy. We'll have everything linked up in our show notes over at thekellyoshow.com. While you are there, make sure you check out my personal blog, up on the title bar, you can click on over from The Kelly O Show. You can click on over to my personal blog and check out what I'm throwing down over there because I am back to blogging and loving it. And that's it. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. If you are, please share it with your friends, your family members, your coworkers, anyone you're corona quarantined with. And if you haven't taken the time to do so, well, gosh, you know you've got the time now. Head on over and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. It definitely helps the show get seen and heard by more people who could benefit from this information. If you have any questions, use the contact me form on kellyalexa.com to reach out for questions, to nominate yourself or somebody you know for being a guest on the show, or to inquire about advertising opportunities with the show or with myself and uh, our social platforms at large. You guys have a great rest of the day. We'll see you next time on The Kelly O Show.